Let's start with the global dairy auction this week, which saw prices tumble further. Yes, dairy farmers are gritting their teeth as global dairy prices nosedive to a four-and-a-half-year low. NZX dairy analyst Alex Winning says Fonterra and its suppliers are already adjusting to expected lower returns, which will have wider impacts on the economy. I'm hearing that there's going to be less milking, less feeding, less fertiliser, really bringing down those costs. Helmet powder as a whole is, has declined 40.2% over the last six months, so that is really going to have flow-on effects on farm. And Taranaki share farmer Hayden Goble says a lot of farmers thought prices had bottomed out a fortnight ago. He says he's already moved to cheaper supplementary feed and culling cows not up to scratch. It's a busy time of the year to get all this bad news, but I suppose we have an opportunity to minimise our losses now at the start of the season instead of being most of the way through. So I don't think there'll be many farmers making money this year. So yeah, for young farmers, there'll be a few of them that, you know, haven't experienced this before and it's... It is bloody tough. Now, the nationwide rural merchandise store Farmlands is feeling the flow-on effects of the price drop and high interest rates. It says farmers and growers are tightening their belts and spending less on apparel as well as capital projects. Here's Chief Executive Tanya Horton. Whether it's a culvert going in or a fence line being replaced, people are definitely looking to make do with what they've currently got as opposed to doing what would normally be a more regular replacement program. And some farmland staff have been given extra training on chatting with customers who want to spend time talking about financial stress. And there's growing concern about poor grass covers on many North Island farms. Yes, Colin Hanna farms beef in Northland and he says many farmers there are on a knife edge. Paddocks were looking exceptionally good leading into winter, but now he says grass has melted before his eyes. Many of the dairy farms I've spoken to have already used up their silage. So they're going in, in, into spring, cows are calving, and, and lower covers than they would like. On beef farms, um, most of them, people that I've been talking to, are also in that same situation. I'm OK, but the feed quality that I've got is very poor. Nitrogen is probably the only option at the moment. And Colin says the choppers have been busy roundabout as it's the only way to apply fertiliser. Now, Ag consultant Gary Massix says ewes are carrying an exceptional number of lambs this season and farmers really have no choice but to go to the expense of helicoptering fertiliser onto paddocks. And that's really hard on the back pocket when lamb prices are plunging. And he says there's been other work to do too. Oh, the other thing the helicopters have been busy with is... Uh pulling quad bikes out you know we always know we get we get the odd quad bike stuck in winter but this winter there's been quite a few bikes stuck and and those sort of things which is just a symptoms of continual wet weather it seems like the only north island region flying a happier flag is taranaki which has fared better this winter Oh, good to have some good news. Now, you have news from the Chatham Islands too. Yes, and there's been a feed shortage there too with the wet weather. Robert Holmes, who runs 450 ewes and 50 cows, uh, he's lamenting there was only one dry day in July. Very wet. Absolutely saturated. Yeah. And it's just been wet, wet, wet. Just the same as most parts of New Zealand. But being an island, it's, it's, it's a bit different because... We can't just trade stock whenever we want to. Another issue on the Chathams is the huge backlog of stock to come off the island as their boat was out of action for four months. But it's been repaired and has made its first shipment to Timaru. 
let's look at some financial results which came in this week from companies involved in the primary sector. Yes, the company best known for its red band gumboots, Skellerup, has posted another record full-year result. It makes a range of rubberware for farms as well as boats, cars and kitchen appliances and its profits were up 7% to $50.9 million. The company's rewarded shareholders with an increased full-year dividend of $0.22 a share. As for the rural services provider PGG Wrightson, its annual profit has dropped by nearly a third. A Māori kiwifruit exporter has had a bit of a coup. Yes, Māori kiwifruit growers incorporated has just entered the exporting scene, sending their first trays of gold and green kiwifruit to Hawaii. The exporter has about 40 members and it's partnering with Zespri on the deal. The group's chair, Anaru Timutimu, says they'll run a distinctive indigenous-backed marketing campaign from next year, which will link well with Hawaiian locals and it'll also be a new selling angle. We're really lucky to be working with Zespri and it's probably an example where Māori and a corporate like Zespri can both kind of benefit for our relationship and um, there's some commercial benefits there as well and maybe exemplar for other New Zealand companies. Yeah, we all await those developments with interest. Now, a New Zealand wool product that's gone way further than Hawaii has opened doors. Yes, Lanako's wool-based filters are being used in NASA's Artemis space project and they were in the critical life support system on the Orion capsule that went to the moon last November. Company founder Nick Davenport says that connection and the sustainability properties surrounding wool have opened up new business opportunities. Uh, one of them is in the air conditioning side where we're getting a really strong uh, response both for domestic and commercial air conditioning systems where the technology is lining up with a number of things. One is uh, the need to have lower energy and two is higher performance post-COVID. Now, some news also on the banana industry in Northland. Yes, it's been a few years now since there was a large push to increase banana plantations in the Northland's warmer climate. Chair of the Tropical Fruit Growers Association, Hugh Rose, says there are about 100 hectares of bananas in the region, but the market could absorb produce from 16,000 hectares. He says returns are good at over $50,000 a hectare for fruit alone. He says there are about 60 small commercial growers at the moment and it's expected that number will increase a lot this season. We're expanding orchards uh, or plantations from last season to previous seasons. Once you've got a few plants in the ground, they're actually self-producing and they go off to the farmer's markets and they're snapped up. A fair bit does, does tend to get down to um, Auckland and beyond. It's a high-priced item, but uh, people who know about it, they want it. And apparently there's a good market for the banana leaves at the Diwali celebration in November. <laughs> now, it's six months since Cyclone Gabrielle hit. How are farmers and growers getting on? Well, many are still in survival mode in those worst hit areas of Hawke's Bay and Te Tarawhiti. Paul Painter of Yummy Apples says they're more optimistic than straight after the storm that some of their trees may come back to life after being smothered in silt, but there's still no certainty. I think we've lost about $8 million worth of revenue. I think to replace the orchards that have been damaged it will cost at least $15 million. So it's a gargantuan sum for a family business. I mean, we're desperately crippled. Um, it'll be the rest of my career working out of this disaster. And uh, But, you know, that's the only way forward. So we'll put our heads down and carry on.
Paul Painter says the government's financial packages are helpful, but with most growers in the industry over 60 years old, they're assessing if it's worth staying in the sector. And a new database has been launched to map the work of improving rural waterways. Yes, now we've spoken to quite a few farmers on this show about the work they're doing around this. And the new Healthy Waterways Register aims to paint a clearer picture on what's being done nationwide. Katerina During of the Cawthron Institute says tracking which methods improve water quality over time will make restoration work more effective. While it's great that everyone is squirrelling away on their land in smaller sections, we really need to look at the entire catchment and what has been done at those large scales because we're also degrading these catchments at large scale. So we also need to restore them. So to be able to size the task ahead is a, a real key vision that we had. And more shearers are set to tackle world records this summer. Yes, seven shearers have put their names in the hat with the World Sheep Shearing Records Society to compete from mid-December. It's believed to be the highest uptake since the eight- and nine-hour shearing records were first recognised in the late 60s. Competitors will have a go at titles in shearing sheds across the country from December to mid-February. And that's the latest in rural news, Duncan. Yes. This is Country Life on RNZ National 101 FM.